proud of me, I am. But I did this nothing to sneeze at. Even if your allergies are bad, I'm up in the balcony in France. I look around, I see the fans. How they surround me in the stands. Probably could drown in a sea of hands. They're hollering, yelling it out to me. And that's what I mean when I say that one day, some way, somehow, if I get the chance to get a crowd, I flip it around and have a crowd give me the chance. I've done it all, man. But in actuality, I haven't. Yes, people, it's Thursday, which means it's Echo Chamber, baby. And as we do every week, let's start off by looking at the top 10 films streaming in the UK right now. So at number 10, we've got Michael Grace's The Greatest Showman. So, of course, this starred... Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Kayla Seidel, Michelle Williams, and Zeander. So, at number nine, we've got Jumanji, The Next Level. So, this was from Jack Castan, and it stars Karen Gillan, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Danny DeVito and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So at number eight, we have Greta Gerberg's retelling of Little Women. So this adaptation stars Cerise Ronan, Timothy Chalamet. We got Louisa May Olcott, Florence Pugh. And Emma Charlotte Darius. Good film, people. So, at number seven, 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 we have. Um, I don't know. There's some places that were saying it was, um, you know, the 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 largest film of 2020, which does seem baffling. But it's Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, so this was from Bilal Falah and Adil El Arbi. And of course, it starred Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, Vanessa Hodgson, Alexander Ludwig, and Joe Pantaloli. Boom. So that means at number six, 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 we have got. The fantastic Spider-Man Far From Home from John Watts, who has definitely breathed life back into the Spider-Verse. And um, starring in this film is the, I have to say, he he probably is the best Spider-Man so far. It's little Tommy Holland, along again, Zeander, second film in the top 10, Jack Gillen Hill, we've got Jacob Batalon and Sammy Samuel L. Jackson. At number five, people, we are getting into it. We have got Fantastic Beasts Crimes of a Grandwald. So this is from David Yates, who um yeah is definitely delved in the Potter universe a lot, and it's starring 
Eddie Redmayne, Johnny Depp, Jude Law, Ezra Miller, and Catherine Waterstone. So at number four, 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 we have got Robert Zumakis's new adaptation of Ronald Dahl's The Witches. So this one stars Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, Jazia Bruno, and Stanley Tucci. At number three, people. Ooh, it is those crazy phone box dudes. Those wild stallions. It's Bill and Ted face the music, music, music. <laughs> so this was from Dina Parasop. And it starred the White Stallions themselves, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, along with Bridget Alundry and Samara Weaving, along with Anthony Carrigan. So at number two, surprisingly, and finally off the number one spot, it is um, Christopher Nolan's Tenant. Yeah, you know, so this one, huge film, loved it. Stars Elizabeth Rebdelbicki, Robert Patterson, Kenneth Branagh, Clement Posey, and John David Washington. So, at number one, surprisingly, I gotta say, it is, um, you know, Josh Boone's The New Mutants. So, this one starred Anya Taylor-Johnson, Maisie Williams, Charlie Eaton, Blue Hunt, and Henry Zaga. Yo, so people, that's our top films. Now, before we get into this week's reviews, let's listen to a little bit of information. Let's go. Okay, so all you Shudder fans, man, 2021 is going to be a good one. Okay, so it starts off with... um. Yeah, some thrilling originals that will be hitting the uh, service, right? So you've got Hunted from Oscar-nominated filmmaker Vincent Parnord and The Queen of Black Magic from two giants of modern Indonesian horror, Kimo Stombol and Joko Anwar. The much-anticipated second season of original series, A Discovery of Witches, with new episodes weekly. A binge release of season one of The Walking Dead World Beyond. The latest series in The Walking Dead universe. And the first to be available on Shudder. A four-film celebration of Peter Cushing's. A double feature from the mind of Clive Baker, Nightbreed and Rawhide Rex, and a recently released award-winning animated feature, The Wolf House, among other new additions to the Shudder library. So, 
Hunted will be arriving on the 14th of January Right, and um, yeah What started as a flirtatious encounter at a bar Turns into a life or death struggle As Eve becomes the unknowing target Of a misogynistic plot against her Forced to flee as two men pursue her through the forest She's pushed to her extremes while fighting to survive But survival isn't enough for Eve She will have revenge A modern and radical tale on the Little Red Riding Hood fable Hunting is an exhilarating, transcendent and frequently brutal survival tale That elevates itself with the power of myth and magic while still holding an exacting mirror to present day society Man So yeah, that will be hitting on the 14th The Queen of Black Magic will then arrive on the 28th of January The sins of the past come back with a vengeance In this new film from two of Indonesia's modern masters of horror Director Kimo Stambul and writer Juko Anwar, a family travels to the distant rural orphanage where the father was raised to pay their respects to the facility's gravely ill director. But his and his best friend's homecoming turns into a terrifying supernatural ordeal that threatens their and their family's lives. Someone is using dark manage to avenge evil deeds Long buried but not forgotten Ooh You know, so um, Then the 9th of January That's when you can catch a discovery of witches The second season And every, um, every Saturday a new episode will be dropping Right, so um, you have that uh, Beyond the Walking Dead Dead, uh, World Beyond, that hits on the 21st of January And you don't have to wait each week because all episodes hit on that day So um, yeah, that's fun uh, The Peter Cushing season will start on the 18th of January Right, um, but as well as that, you have other new films like Super Dark Times from director Kevin Phillips that arrives on the 4th. So, Zach and Josh and are best friends growing up in the 90s in the suburbs where teenage life revolves around hanging out, looking for kicks, navigating first loves, and vying for popularity. When a traumatic incident drives a wedge between the previously inseparable pair, their youthful innocent abruptly vanishes. Each processes the tragedy in his own way, until circumstances grow increasingly complex and spiral into violence. You then also have Fingers from director Jean Ortiz on the same day. When an employee shows up to work with a missing pinky, it awakens demons in his boss that she never knew she harboured. Hmm. Oh dear. <laughs> On the 11th of January, there will be Before the Fire from director Charlie Buller. As a global pandemic engulfs Los Angeles, 
rising TV star Ava Boone is forced to flee the mounting chaos and return to her rural hometown as she struggles to acclimatise to a way of life she left behind long ago. Her homecoming attracts a dangerous figure from her past, threatening both her and the family that serves as her only sanctuary. Um, Yeah, and then on that same day, you will also get Cub from director Jonas Gavertz, The Pit from director Lou Lehman, and Celia from director Anne Turner. So, Shudder is definitely something to, uh, yeah, make sure you get your hands on for January, people. So, maybe you get in your stocking. If not, ooh, you better rush and pick it up pretty soon because it is the home of horror and all kind of craziness. And, uh, yeah. A pretty fun thing to have on your TV or your computer, people. So, go check it out now. Horror fans, oh, mark this date. Because um, the final Girls Berlin Film Festival, Berlin's premiere showcase of horror films directed and produced by women and non-binary filmmakers will return in the new year for the sixth time and first virtual edition. The fest will run from February the 4th to the 7th and include features, short blocks and an impressive slate of talks and special offerings. Feature films will be geo-locked to Germany, while several short blocks and all non-film programming will be viewable worldwide. This will be followed by a planned second in-person event to take place over Halloween weekend, October the 29th to the 31st at City Kino Wedding in Berlin. Like many festivals confronting COVID-19, we fought long and hard about how to make our festival as safe and enjoyable as possible and decided to split our SIPF edition, explains festival co-director Ellie Liu. The February program includes a number of films about loneliness, technological reliance and conformant that reflect our present-day reality in chilling ways. Co-director Sarah Needoff sees the current pandemic as a chance to connect across geographical distance and goes on to say... We've got a thrilling side program with workshops and talks from horror scholars, oh, horror scholars that we're extremely honoured to have with us. These times are grim, but they bring an opportunity to virtually connect with an international feminist horror community that otherwise couldn't normally make it to Berlin. So we hope more and more folks will emerge from the woodwork and come join us. So, people, mark those dates. 
And um, hey, if you're in Berlin, you are definitely in for a spooky treat. Okay, people, so now we've uh, heard all of that, let's get into this week's reviews. So I was very intrigued to um, check out Away, right? So it is this animated film um, that, yeah, I think it, it it came out in 2019, but it, you know, got it, it it's getting a digital release in the UK um, on the 18th, right? So Monday. And um, it's been created basically entire in its entirety by um, a gentleman named Jint Zilabaladis, uh, who's a, Lat- a Latvian filmmaker and animator. You know, he's um, before this he's worked on short films. He's done seven in a few different medias. And this is his first feature. And as a first feature, it's not bad at all. You know what I mean? It is not bad at all. So, yeah, Jint basically, he's he's done it all <laughs> on this. You know, which, yeah, definitely impressive. You know, he's, um, yeah, he wrote it. He directed it, he animated it, he scored it. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like, you think, Gents, is there nothing you can't do? You know what I mean? Hey, I mean, god damn. Yeah, you just think, if only I could do this, right? Now, the, um, the gist of this piece is... Um, it's about a boy traveling across an island on a motorcycle, trying to escape a dark spirit and get back home. Along the way, he makes a series of connections with different animals and reflects on the possible ways he ended up on the island. Part dream, part reality. A way explores our common universal need to find a connection. Yeah, it, I mean, it's won multiple awards on, um, you know, the European film festival circuit. And that is definitely an impressive thing for, you know, an indie animated piece, which is, you know, dialogue free, right? That all, all we get is um, music and some effects, you know, so... You know, you hear the sound of the motorcycle, right? You um, sometimes hear the sound of animals and and whatnot. But, yeah, uh, you know, other than that, there is nothing. You know, it is just this interesting soundtrack that <clears throat> I think it works better in some places than others. But... You know, it's an interesting concoction, right? So, yeah, like, we start off 
this piece with um yeah our guy kind of in a tree <laughs> you know that that that's where it kind of starts right he's he's in a parachute hanging from a tree and suddenly this big hmm, i don't know this huge you think it's kind of it reminds you of the iron giant a little bit right but this, this big thing entity comes over to him and grabs him i think essentially you think it's eaten him right but no he he's, seems to have managed to escape and he, he's landed on the ground and then we see him running away but yeah there's this whole kind of huh how the hell does he end up in this tree you're like what's happening here how did this come to pass you know because he doesn't seem to have any injuries or anything like that so yeah he, he's you know it looks like he's in a desert kind of place as well you know that, that's the impression you get from the landscape so you know what i mean he, he, he's now looking to uh yeah get get away right escape this thing that's chasing him and um yeah he he runs right so he runs and he finds this um like an oasis right and it's through this i don't know i don't know what you would call it right there's these weird kind of um well they look portal-ish but they're not essentially portals but they're these kind of half moon stone structures you know like entrance ways that they seem but they're you know they're, they're just there standalone things so he he, he goes through those and uh, yet yeah, finds himself uh, in this weird little oasis place you know so he's um taking uh you know solitude there and what we once he goes through all of those well yes he he, go, he finds this cave thing and he goes through and this entity doesn't follow him so we wonder if these you know constructions are a deterrent for this thing somehow but yeah who knows but yeah in this thing this is where he finds his motorcycle right he finds a motorcycle and yeah like i think he's kind of ruminating what to do you know what i mean like yeah what, what am i meant to do uh where am i meant to go you know he, he, he it does look like a nice little spot right it's by the sea so he's able to get some water 
Like he finds, you know, with the motorcycle, there's a bag, water bottle, a few other little bits and bobs. So there is that kind of like, hmm, like where did that come from? You know, there's these odd little things in this film which does make you wonder, like, huh, where? Like, where did that come from? And what's the purpose of this? And what's the purpose of that? But, um, you know, I think the big draw, really, is the animation. And I think from afar, it looks pretty great. Pretty great. You know, the landscapes look very well rendered. I, you know, the creatures, everything like that, you know, the, the, the foliage, like the, the boy himself, he looks fine, you know, pretty simple, but that, there's no problem with that, it's, sometimes we get these close-ups on him, which, I don't know, the close-ups don't work as much, you know, and I don't really think that they're needed. You know, because it's not like we're getting these kind of, you know, facial expressions or anything like that. So, I, I, yeah, I do wonder why we, we get them. But, you know, from afar, as I said, look, the animation is pretty spectacular. And it's great. And that... You know, it, it helps suck you into uh, everything that's going on, you know. So, in this little oasis spot, and it seems that he hangs out there for a while. So, this is where he kind of makes friends with this little bird. You know, he, like, there's, there's these, it, yeah, there's these grown-up birds. Because it looks like it's a baby, it's a, it's a chick right, and, you know, it's struggling to get its food from the trees and stuff like that, and so he helps it, and that's when they kind of seem to have this bond, you know, so, yeah, he, when he decides to, yeah, look to leave, right, look to leave and, yeah, find a way back home, he, because, uh, you know, as I said, like, with the things he finds, he finds, you know, a, a map, right? So, I think the map, I think he, he kind of, you know, understands, okay, so, I, I know that spot, I know that place. So, yeah, he now tries, he decides to leave, right? Because he's got a motorcycle. Um, one thing I did like, I did like that they did actually have him practice. I mean, he doesn't practice a lot, but he does have a little, little test drive on the motorcycle. So I, I did respect that. You know what I mean? Because, hey, if they just had him just get on and just be like, hey, yeah, that would have been a bit ridiculous. But, yeah, we, we get this little practice, then he's off. Right? He, he's off. On his adventure. And, um, yeah, you know, because he, he's on this adventure and everything like that, we, you know, it opens things up. 
right? So we get to see more stuff, you know, more more varieties on the landscape and everything like that, which, yeah, definitely makes it interesting, you know? We, we see, like, forests and, um, you know, mountains and all of this, and all of it is rendered very, very well. But, yeah, it's this entity thing that is, you know, chasing him all the time. You know, like, um, we, it, it is perplexing, right? Because we see it, I don't know, kind of devour some things. But he rescues his friend from it. So, like, we, we, you don't know what it is. Now, with all of this, because it seems that he he's kind of jumping in and out at times of um, dreams or visions. You know, reflections, maybe. Like, we see a plane... Um, you know, accident, uh, stuff like that, so, I don't know, like, maybe this entity isn't real, right, maybe the entity is actually fear, you know, fear or foreboding something, right, so it could be that, who knows, right, all we know is he doesn't want really any part of it, right? And it's constantly following him. Whatever he seems to do, it's on his tail. And, um, yeah, that's what this film is. It is this kind of exploration of, you know, this landscape, this, um, this journey, trying to find his way home, you know, and, yeah, connecting with different things on that journey, you know, he's got this little bird, we see him, like, I don't know, meet up with this turtle, turtle or tortoise, I, I never quite know, you know, what the difference is between the two, but, yeah, that makes appearance quite a bit, and, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, it is interesting, like the ending, I don't know, I, I, the ending is a bit kind of like, hmm, not quite sure, right, but I think as a visual, hmm, like as an, a visual piece of escapism, yeah, like, this is, it's nice, right, I did find myself, I don't know, losing focus a few times, but, you know, it is, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, you know, piece of work, especially for the first feature film, you know, like, it, it supposedly took Jint three and a half years to complete, you know, him 
as I said, look, rendering everything, you know, drawing it all, writing it all, composing the music, recording the music. You know, so, yeah, it, it, it's just for, you know, the sum of all that work and time, it is worth a look for sure. You know, because I, I, I wouldn't say it is any worse than a lot of animation out there. You know, it is different from the, you know, the nace, the mainstays like your DreamWorks, your Disney, you know, your Sony animation, your Warner Brothers animation. It's, it's different from that, but it's independent. So, you know, independent animation is always, always a little quirky, always a little different. So, I think, yeah, like, just opening yourself up to a different form of storytelling is definitely nice, you know? It's, what, 74 minutes? I do wonder if it could have been maybe slightly shorter, but, you know... Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a, um, like, you're not going to finish it and think, ugh, I've wasted all that time, yeah, it, you know, you're in, you're intrigued, like, you will definitely be thinking, ah, I, I can, you know, make assumptions, but what does this mean, you know, so there's definitely that, Right, I'm definitely kind of scratching my head a bit, thinking, oh, now, was the monster real? Like, was he a figment of this boy's imagination? Is it the embodiment of fear? Hmm, I want answers. So, yeah, I'd say watch it and, um, yeah, draw your own conclusions. You know, contemplate that ending, right? Is is that ending home? Is it heaven? Right, like, what is it? Is it hell? Hmm. But yeah, a way is a um, you know, a, a, a very nice, a nice little, uh, a nice little piece of animation, right? I think if you're a fan of, you know, Studio Ghibli, right? I think that's probably the best comparison for this in its animation style you know is yeah i think it's not quite the same but you'd say that it is a a cousin of you know what i mean that, that that's what it would seem like right so um yeah if you're a fan of that i've, I've, I've watched the film Ursh couple of years ago maybe two three years it might be three years actually actually it might be longer but it's called the red turtle and um this does kind of have that kind of aesthetics to it but again still very different but yeah both visually impressive so you know it is um out on uh, Monday the 18th, there's a, uh, 
you know, pre-order link for iTunes and another one for um, Apple TV. So if you have, you know, you want to pick it up from those spots, boom, you can uh, check a link. But yeah, it's available from, you know, just all your usual spots like, um, you know, Sky Store, Amazon, Google, Rakatoon, Sony. So yeah, if it sounds like this could be for you, go check it out on um, go check it out on Monday. All right. So that is away. So I needed something light, right? I was thinking, oh, what am I gonna watch? And yeah, I put on a few different things, but I'm just like, ugh, I don't don't want to be watching something heavy right now. So I feel something light, something easy. So I, I didn't think I was ever gonna do it, but I was like, all right, fine. It was the first thing that came up. So I checked out We Can Be Heroes. This is the new film from Robert Rodriguez. You know, he produced it, directed it, he wrote it. You know what I mean? He, he was all in. Um, the music was by Rebel Rodriguez. Um, you know, Robert also did the cinematography and the editing. I mean, that's definitely a way of cutting down costs, right? And, um, yeah, I, I think cutting down costs was a big thing because the cast, it's got a big-ass cast, you know, with some big names, right? So, um, ooh, where to start, where to start? Um, all right, let's go with, um... Yeah, we've got uh, Yaya Goslin as Missy Moreno. Um, she is the the daughter of Marcus Moreno, a superhero, a master swordsman, and he is played by Pedro Pascal. Um, now he's. Mother is played by Anita. Wait, no, his mother Anita Moreno is played by Adriana Barraza. Okay. Um other big superheroes are um Miracle Guy, he's played by Boyd Holbrook. We've got Tech No who is, um, well, let's just say, Miracle Guy's got super strength. Techno is, you know, technology powers, and he is played by Christian Slater. Um, <clears throat> we have got Lava Girl, who is played by Taylor Dooley, and, you know, Lava-based powers. <laughs> okay? Uh, so we then have, um... Ooh, uh, Shark Boy, who is JJ Dash Dash and Saw, um, and I don't know, he's got like shark powers. 
<laughs> I know. We've got um, Blinding Fast, who's played by Song Kang. And, um, yeah, he's super fast. If you didn't quite get it, uh, we've got Red Lightning Fury, who's played by Brittany Perry Russell. And she has lightning powers. Uh, Jamie Perez, who's in Visi Girl, Invisibility. We got Crushing Low, who's played by Bentley Helbron with um, Super Strength. Uh, so we then have. Um, Andrew Diaz, who plays Face Maker, and he is crushing low sun. We've got Fast Forward, who's played by Akira Akbar, and Akira Akbar, and um, she is played by, and she is Crimson Legend and Red Lightning's daughter. We've then got Rewind, played by Isaiah Russell Bailey, and that's Fast Forward's brother. Right, we've then got Guppy, he's played by Vivian Blair, and that's Shark Boy and Lava Girl's daughter. We've got Slow Mo, who's played by Dylan Henry Lau. And that's Blinding Fast Sun. We've got... Um, oh, yeah. Another one. Um, Miss Vox. <clears throat> she's played by Hayley Raynard. And she's got Sona Scream. That's her power. And her daughter is Acapella. And that's played by Lotus Blossom. And she's also got, you know, Sonic Scream Powers. We have Wheels, who's played by Andy Walken. And that's Miracle Guy's son. Wildcard, who's Nathan Blair. And he's Techno's son. Dum dum dum. Um, we then have um, do do do. Who else? Man, there's a lot of people up in this film, man. You know what I mean? Um. Oh. Um, Priyanka Kapora Jonas, and she plays Miss Grandia. And she leads the uh, heroic organization. And her daughter is Ojo. And she's played by Hala Finley. So yeah, a lot of people involved, people. And the storyline is this. When aliens invaders kidnap Earth superheroes... Their kids are whisked away to a government safe house. But whip-smart teen Missy Moreno will stop at nothing to rescue her superhero dad 
Marcus Moreno. Missy teams up with the rest of the super kids to escape their mysterious government babysitter, Miss Granja. If they're going to save their parents, they'll have to work together by using their individual powers from elasticity to time control to predicting the future and form an out-of-this-world team. Hmm. So, from the start, right? Um... Well, you know, we we kind of introduced to uh, uh, Missy. That that's our focus point, really, with this story. You know, because Missy, she doesn't have powers. You know, so she kind of feels the odd one out. But you know, her mum's died, and her dad, who, um, you know. Well, is a superhero, right? He's, um, you know, he's agreed not to go into action, so he just works in the head office. That's their deal. But one day, you know, aliens attack, and they start taking out all the big superheroes. So they whisk Missy away from school and take her to the headquarters where all the other super kids are and at first you know she's feeling out of place but then they all come together you know and I don't know right I, I think sometimes superhero films you know they they can get accused of I just not really having deep scripts and storylines you know, which, yeah, I mean, it can be fair, but oftentimes you don't need this elaborate story. Just like, this guy has taken over the world, stop him. You know, this woman, she's plotting to kill, stop her. You know, that's fine. That works, right? But And it's usually, you know, the, the rest of the stuff that's intriguing, you know, and, and that's the big thing. Like great dialogue or action sequences, you know, there's all stuff like that. I would say this, <laughs> this storyline, I mean, it is very basic. It is very basic and very dumb, right? The way it all plays out, it is just, you're just like, what? <laughs> It's convoluted, it's, it's, it's stupid. It is a stupid film. But here's the thing. I think if you're a little kid, there's this time, you know, you speak to some people, and, they, you know, they might be parents, right? They've got kids, and they're like, I don't really feel comfortable letting my kid watch Avengers. Or, and I think especially Endgame. There's, or, oh, Infinity Gauntlet and Endgame were spectacular. Oh, my God. So damn good. And great stories, too. Very complex, very intriguing, dragged you in, you know. But a little heavy, right? A little heavy. There's a lot of death, you know, it's all a little crazy. So you're thinking to yourself, maybe you don't let your eight-year-old 
your 10 year old i don't know depending on your kid but you're not going to let your young little kid who loves superheroes watch those films necessarily this yeah this is built for those kids this is built for those little kids that you can't take to watch Wolverine. You know what I mean? That this is for them. You know, so I'm looking at it thinking, oh, this is so dumb. This is so dumb. The little kid, I imagine they will be lapping this up. I think I did see somewhere that it's, you know, one of the longest films at number one on Netflix or something like that, right? And that makes sense. You know, because it, well, it came out Christmas Day. Um, and, you you know, especially everything's still locked down. So kids are at home. So, yeah, parents, they're, they're loving that this is there. Because they can let their kids watch it and not really worry. You know, because there's action, but it's nothing crazy. There's no big words in here. You know what I mean? So they don't have to worry about the colourful language or anything like that. And essentially the storyline is... Uh, it, it, it's like those crazy messages we used to get at the end of He-Man cartoons. You know, hey kids, remember, at the beginning me and Orko, we weren't getting along. We talked it out, and now we're best friends. So, remember that when you get into a situation with your friend. You know what I mean? Just cheesy as fuck. But, it's just like, yeah. You know what? Uh, for a little kid, that's a good message, right? It's a good message. And after watching so many episodes, I mean, that stuff, it does seep in. You know what I mean? It's there. So when you're thinking, I'm going to knock that kid out, you'll be like, hold on, what did He-Man tell me? Hmm, maybe I won't. <laughs> I don't know. I know, but, it, you know, it, it, it's it's a kid's film. It's a, it's a straight-up kid's film, and that's fine. You know what I mean? They can have a film. Like, it, not every film needs to be made for you, right? I my only thing with this kind of stuff is it's cool to have something for kids, you know. But I'm just like, ah, does the dialogue need to be that bad though? Because and when I say bad, like it it flows. You know what I mean? It, it's not terrible, but I'm just like, firstly, a lot of the kids do just don't talk like kids that you know the, the whole starting off monologue from missing it it doesn't flow like a little kid would necessarily be talking it's stupid and it's just like uh, this t-shirt says hey how are you this t-shirt says leave me alone and I'm just like no they're just t-shirts kid you know what I mean they're just t-shirts right a black t-shirt isn't leave me alone. No, it's a black t-shirt, right? And especially when it's got, I think it had a little kitten on it. So I'm just like, what is wrong with you? 
Like, no. You know what I mean? If you really want a t-shirt to say, leave me alone, have it like, you know, silhouettes of people strangling themselves, stabbing people, and the words, leave me the F alone on it. You know, that will probably do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that could possibly do it. Or, hey, there's some other things you could put on it, but I, I mean, yeah, I won't go there. Right, we don't have to get too crazy. You know what I'm saying? Kids may be listening, right? But yeah, you know, it's like it, it was just stuff like that. And then you know, it went through every single cliche, right? Two brothers and sisters that hate each other, and then at the end they don't. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just these cliches that even Stevie Wonder would be able to see, you feel me? And, yeah, as I said, look, for kids, for little kids too, you know, when you say kids, I guess it depends on the boundary that you put on what a kid is, what age is, when does a kid stop, you know? That's the thing, and are we calling teenagers kids? Because technically, 11-year-old is a teenager. Isn't an 11-year-old a teenager? I just think it is, right? But, you know I mean? It's still a kid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think an 11-year-old will still dig this. You know? Now, a 16-year-old, maybe not. I mean, some will for sure. But, you know, there's others that, yeah, get a little bit too advanced. You know what I mean? So there's certain stuff and they're just like... No, just show me Endgame, son. I'm not watching this. You feel? And you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get you, son. You know what I mean? Or we get your daughter. We get you, kid. But, um, yeah, others, they will lap it up. Right? Because it is the way they think. Because kids do have that stupidness. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they said this about me, so I'm not talking about to them. Or... They wore the same colour t-shirt as me. They knew I was going to go with this colour. No. You know, so it's all, you know, they're not on that high level angst yet. <laughs> it, it takes a few years to become jaded as hell, right? So, yeah, a, a lightweight, fluffy, silly, you know, paper thin plot. That's fine. That's fine. And that's what this is. You know? Great cast. Uh, they definitely tried to get that representation all up in the spot. You know what I mean? So that's covered. Right? Now, if you um, if you dug those other Rodriguez films, you know what I mean? Like Shark Boy and Lava Girl 3D... Spy Kids 3D or the other free Spy Kids that came before that one. You know, if those were your jam, then yeah, this is definitely for you. Definitely. Your kids will l -l love it. You know, because it, it just speaks on all those levels. So yeah. If they're your things, then this will be 
your cup of tea, people. So it's on Netflix, you know what I mean? I believe it's number one still. So, yeah, we can be heroes. And, yes, they do sing the song. Ugh, I hate that song. But, yes, it's in there, people. So go check it out and have some, you know, PG fun. Okay, so I just watched Hunted and I was not expecting <laughs> what I saw. This film is, oh, it's a lot. This is a lot. Uh, so it is um, directed by Vincent uh, Paranod, um, a.k.a. A Windhouse uh, or Wind Windhouse, maybe. Uh, so he also co wrote the film with uh, Leah Pernult. Uh, the film stars Lucy DeBay, Sirion uh, O'Brien, and Aria Werfhalter. And <laughs> yes, okay. So the gist of the film is this. Well, their tagline kind of is the company of wolves is better than that of man, which is interesting. Okay, so once upon a frenzied time, woman meets man, woman dances with man, man kisses woman, man grips woman, woman escapes man. Man chases woman. Nothing new, right? Or is there? The over-recycled revenge story takes an unexpected turn in Hunted. The big bad psycho wolf embodiment of patriarchy and his dummy sidekick engage in a wild hunt. But within Mother Nature's protective maze of trees... The Red Riding Wood, the Red Riding Warrior, Hood's got killer moves, and won't surrender so easily. Hunted is a hybrid piece of art, just as much as a survival film with touches of snuff as it it could be a societal drama incarnated into a horror flick. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that's definitely a thing, right? So the codes are bent and reborn from a very primitive folktale of lights and shadow, ritualistically told over a campfire, to the ever so pathetic current circus of heteronormativity. This demented and chaotic story depicts society at war, male and female peeling off their gender stereotype masks, turning with one loud primal scream into pure savage for the ages. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it gets poetic, but, you know, uh, when you watch it, you do kind of feel, yeah, that's kind of it. Right, so we, we start off with a woman um, telling a tale to her son. 
it's night They're in the forest They've got a fire And so yeah it's just telling a story Of um I guess like a woman And like this village Tries to persecute her But she escapes And goes live and lives with wolves I mean Essentially there's a bit more to it But I'll let you discover it When you watch the film Right, so that's where we start You know, it's a little creepy It's a little odd It's kind of like Do you really want to worry your fucking son? Why are you telling him this story? This isn't a good story What are you doing? So we have that But then we jump And um, we have a woman at work Trying to deal with issues Right? But she's being kind of condescended to Kind of talked down to you know just the way just bullshit happens right so yeah we see this she's then gone away home and she gets a call from someone and they're talking it sounds like uh you know an argument within a relationship and then she's just Getting called by this person This Alex Now I guess as a viewer you assume It's her boyfriend Maybe it's not but that's what you're assuming And she's ignoring those calls So she goes out Goes to a club You know she wants to relax She wants to unwind And a guy's hitting her on her At the bar And she's trying to you know let him know she she's not interested, but he persists and persists and persists. Eventually, a guy comes over who she's seen just dancing crazy in the club. Right, he comes over and says something to the guy. We don't know what he said. Like, there's a bit of an interaction. Then he says something, right? But he whispers it in the guy's ear, and the guy then looks. Kind of scared and goes Right so she then Spends the rest of the evening Dancing with this guy Being goofy And like You know what Is predictable from the situation But they do Like they do change it Right so they've got them then Standing there And she kisses the guy Right she makes The move to kiss the guy So he's like oh come with me And they go into his car and they're making out Then it gets a little odd Right He kind of stops It's when a hand kind of Touches his groin Right he stops But then all of a sudden The guy who he said Is her his brother Gets into the car And starts it and they start to move and the whole thing changes Everything changes Right, it's just Now it's just tense It's crazy tense She's like, I, what are you doing? I want to get out And they're trying to play it off You know, like, like Hey, you know, the club wasn't good We're going to go somewhere, have a drink, have some fun You know, you want to have fun Transpires that the guy he said is his brother isn't his brother, right? And 
Like as a viewer You're just What you assume They're gonna do to this girl You know it ain't gonna be nice Right And you must imagine That that's what she's thinking She's getting panicked And she's like Let me out Let me out And eventually they let her out Right But it's all a bit weird Because then they slow drive past her With a video camera And it's just like This is odd she finds a petrol station, goes in, stuff happens, right? She ends up back with these two guys. This time, though, she's in the boot. You know what I mean? She's in the boot. So I think there's no, you know what I mean? There's no skirting around the shit she's in now, you know? So we have this, but right while all of this, you know, that's this has happened. You're looking at it as obviously there's one dominant guy, you know, and the other one is subservient to him, and that's like Syrian O'Brien, Arya Wuthalter is the dominant one, right? But we then see there's issues within this relationship, within this dynamic, right? So we see there's issues there, which is interesting, right? A car crash happens, car gets flipped, it, it enables her to get out of the boot, and she's running. So she's in the woods, you know, she goes into the woods, and she is running, and like we, so, the guys. Well, again, there's other issues within the dynamic of these guys, right? Which definitely brings up a lot of questions, a lot of questions. So then they go after her, and this is where the film gets even crazier, even crazier. Because we're seeing that it's like the forest is there to help this woman. I think her name is Eve, right? But yeah, the forest seems to be on her side, helping her. And the animals within the forest as well, especially this pack of wolves. Yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's definitely crazy. But we, we see a lot play out within this. Um, we we meet the uh, the the mum and the son again, who we saw at the beginning of the film. But yeah, all of this plays. It's all kind of yeah. There's an issue, right? There's this, this huge issue that's getting dealt with. You know, she's trying to escape. There's things trying to stop her from escaping. But, like, I think what this film really does kind of explore is is strength. Because we, we see that, you know, even the tough guy, the guy that thinks he's running the show, he's got real issues. Right? He's got real issues with dependency. Um, 
I think he's got feelings of like abandonment and uh, and self worth, right? So we see all of this. We then have like the film kind of shows you should have your own mind. Don't just follow the pack. You know, because his friend is he's saying some stuff, and we see some doubt. Uh, you know what I mean? And it's just like, but what are you doing? What do you actually want? So we're seeing that. Now, in between the, the hunt, as it were, we're seeing flashes of these guys' past videos. You know, and um, they're not good videos. <laughs> you know what I mean? They are not good videos. But we're seeing, like, flashes of that. I think to kind of reinforce what's going to happen to Eve... When they catch her, you know, it's not going to be good. So we're seeing all of this. I think there, there is then a point where Eve is like, actually, why am I running? Fuck that. And takes a hold of her destiny. So there's a lot that's going into this film, right? There's a lot that we're looking at. Uh, there's a guy that she meets earlier in the film Who, hey, he seems crazy, right? Seems crazy But then on the flip, he's got a bag, right? So it's, you can't be judging people by, you know, just a the first perception that you have Because there's layers to all of this, there's more And the film is just peeling back these layers, like just showing, like showing people their raw emotion and their base wants. I feel that's the thing, right? The base wants. Because, hey, certain things we can't do all the time. We can't have. But if you're just like, nah, I'm having it now. Then this is the shit that happens to you. This is what this is what you get. This is what you become. So yeah, it, it it's this film of Eve gaining empowerment essentially, but in a real fucked up, twisted way. You know, it it took some crazy ass shit for her to realize that. You know, so. Hey, the emotional scars from all of this, ugh, you kind of feel, was it worth it? Was it worth the empowerment? Because fuck, who knows if she's coming out the other side? You know what I mean? It, it, it's a crazy kind of dark fairy tale. That's what this film is. It's a dark fairy tale, people. So you have to think to yourself, are you ready for this? You know what I mean? Are you ready for this? The end of the film is crazy, right? There's a lot that goes into it. And again, there's like these these kind of twisted like reality reality norms that get played with. You know what I mean? But I I really think a couple of things that are huge and that really, without them, the film isn't, you know what I mean, what it is. It's the visuals. The visuals are great. Just these certain shots that are used, man. 
to to help enforce the story, to help kind of depict what's going on. And just to transition from one scene to another. Like bring us from one, you know, the guys to the girl in the forest. You know, just these little things. Like there's a Twix, a Twix wrapper, right? We then, you know, it gets thrown in the river and we follow its trajectory. That then takes us to where Eve is. Like it's a great shot. You know, it's a great way to transition Without, you know, being clunky or anything like that. It just feels so natural. And we have a lot of things like this just throughout. You know, like the, you know, seeing the effect of the taser on, um, like, Arrow Woman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's something, people. That's definitely a point to uh, check for. But there's just all of these just great visual moments. You know, really great visual moments. Yeah, and the way, like, the violence is captured. Like, the rock in the guy's face. You know, or the dog attack. Like, all of these things, it's done in a way that isn't... It's when you describe, oh yeah, this happened. People, you might think, oh my god, what? But when you actually see it, it's done in a way that isn't like just glorifying gore and violence. It, it's just showing this interaction and capturing it in this great way that. Isn't about the blood, isn't about the crazy, but it's about this raw energy between these characters, about this fight for survival. You know, so that just works. And the music, right? The music in this film, it really helps to drive those scenes. Now, you know, a, a lot of times with these sort of things, like, it can be a bit played out, right? It can be a bit much because you're, you know, you're looking at this stuff and you're just like, okay, right? You don't have to tell me when to be scared. You don't have to tell me when to be excited. I get it. But this doesn't do that. But the, the sound amplifies the emotions. You know, it's not overbearing. You know, it's like that, you know, third person in a scene, fourth person in a scene. You know, it's an extra cast member, right? And, and it does a great job at helping to just breathe life into these moments. You know what I mean? But people, this is a, it's a very interesting film. And especially... When you then bring in, like, the nature assists, you know, how that is, you know, working alongside Eve in her fight for survival. You know, it's, like, built up from that weird twisted fairy tale we hear at the beginning. And it follows through, but it follows through in this way that, 
isn't that ridiculous, really. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, yeah. No, I get, I see that happening. I get that. Cool, cool. You know I mean, you're just watching it and you'll be like, yeah, of course. It doesn't take you out of the film, out of the experience, out of the emotions you're currently feeling. So, yeah, Hunted, I definitely would recommend you go see that. You know, definitely recommend that you go see that. Um, whew, To try and think of, you know, what it is like. I don't even know, right, it's it's hard to think of something that kind of coalesces in that same sort of world as this, right, but if you like things that, I I guess, make you think, right, kind of provocative, you know, it's not just straightforward as, well, this happens, so then this happens, no, there's, there's, there's more to something than that. This is playing in the grey areas. You know what I mean? So if you like that sort of story, you like to, you know, digest that sort of thing, then, yeah, people, check out Hunted, okay? Right, great stuff. <laughs> Okay, people, we have reached that time. You know what I mean? We're drawing to a close on another episode. But before we do, let's take a look and see what film news is floating around. Well, firstly, Hulu, they have announced that on the 5th of March, Boss Level will be um, coming out. So this is the new film from Joe um, Carnahan. You know what I mean? It's a sci-fi joint which stars Frank Grillo, Naomi Watts, Mel Gibson, Ken Young, Annabelle Wallace, Will Sasso, and Michelle Yu. So in the film, Grillo plays an ex-special forces agent stuck in a time loop trying to uncover clues about a secret government project that could unlock the mystery behind his untimely death. A little source Cody could be intriguing. We will see. Um, now, I think everyone's been waiting for this Sopranos prequel, right? Well, it was meant to be coming out on the 12th of March, but Warner Brothers have decided to push it back. It will now be hitting on the 24th. So this is from Alan Taylor, who, uh, yeah, people might remember from a few great uh, Game of Thrones episodes. And I think he directed... um, one of the four films, I believe, it might be The Dark World, I might be wrong there. David Chase and Lawrence um, Kuna wrote the um, script. Michael Gandolfini plays, you know, the um, younger version of Tony Soprano, made famous by his dad. 
We've also got Alessandro Nivola, Bill Magnuson, Corey Stahl, Leslie Odom Jr., John Bernal, Michaela De Rossi, John Magnery, Ray Liotta, Vera Farago, and Uncle Joey Diaz. Yo, they will be kicking it in the film, people. Um, some other news uh, A few new people have joined The cast of Guy Ritchie's New film That's rapper Bugsy Malone Audrey Plaza And uh, Carrie Yules So um, yeah The film is, is beginning pretty soon Next week In fact over in Qatar So the film um, Yeah it, it, You know Jason Statham Obviously also stars And it's Guy Ritchie film right And Stephen plays an MI6 Guns and Steel agent Hired by a global intelligence agency To work with a CIA agent To help stop the sale of new technology That could greatly damage the world So yes It is a um, you know Completely new concept there <laughs> Oh dear, dear Now, um, David O. Russell He's got a a new film in the works And um, a few new people have joined that project You know, which is coming from New Regency Right, a lot of details are under wraps But, you know, what we do know is that Rami Malek Zoe Salander They've uh, just joined Christian Bale, Margaret Robbie and John David Washington in the piece So um, definitely a good cast, you know what I mean? Uh, so other news Man, yeah, we've got a, 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 just a lot of new people um, Yeah, stopping some films coming So um, yeah, Michael Penner Carolina Barczyk, Maxim Roy, and Stephen Bogart. They've uh, all jumped on board Ronald Emmerich's new film, Moonfall. So they join an already stacked cast of Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, Charlie Plummer, and Donald Sutherland. Right, and so um, this film is, um, you know, a mystery force and knocks the moon from its orbit around the Earth. A ragtag team launches an impossible last-dish mission into space. Penner will play a wealthy car dealer and will replace Stanley Tucci, who had to exit the project. Hmm. Um, other news. Alright, so Alan S. Kim and Elsie Fisher, they've joined the cast of John J. Boudin's dark comedy, Latchkey Kids. You know, in the film, Kim plays a bright nine-year-old who befriends an eccentric teenager, played by Fisher, who is also looking to escape a dysfunctional life and mother. 
The pair faces a considerable obstacle as local enforcement believes the boy might be offing his babysitters. And um, we got some news from the Russo brothers, you know, new film, The Grey Man. You know, so Alfrey Woodard and uh, Billy Bob Fulton have uh, joined Christian, Chris Evans and uh, Ryan Gosling. You know, so this is an adaptation of Mark Greenery's, um, yeah, I mean, book series i think there's what 10 books so far and a new book is coming out in february you know so um yeah i've been enjoying the books uh darren ash and darren aronofsky has a a new film you know uh it's gonna be called the whale right um it's an adaptation of Samuel D. Hunter's play of the same name. It's going to be coming through A24. And um, Brendan Frazier has just joined. You know what I mean? Which is, yeah, it's weird. Haven't seen Brendan Fraser in um, uh, films for a while now. So, uh, yeah. Right, it, the story is about a, a guy who's 600 pounds, right? His name called, is Charlie, and it's, he's basically trying to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter, right? It all went a bit south when Charlie ditched his family for his gay lover, who unfortunately died. And because of the grief, Charlie resorted to binge eating, which, uh, yeah, why is 600 friggin' pounds? That's crazy, you know what I mean? Okay, so, um, yeah, you know, films are still getting moved around, um, and, uh, you know, Sony, they're moving... They're one of their Marvel Universe films. So, Morbius, you know, it was, um, well, it was meant to come out in July last year. And so, they'd moved it to the 19th of March, which did seem an odd one, right? So, they have now moved it to um, the 8th of October, that makes a lot more sense, right? Because Morbius is a vampire. So, yeah, it makes sense to move it, you know, in October, close to Halloween, you know? So, um, yeah, uh, that's a sensible one. Um, so, over to Disney, and uh, they've gone and tagged Ben Affleck to direct a, uh, a new film based on Shannon Messenger's book series, Keeper of the Lost Cities. So, um, yeah, you know, um, so Affleck is co-writing the script with Kate Gritman, and uh, Madison Ainley will executive produce. So the... Um, <clears throat> The story follows a telepathic 12-year-old girl who must figure out why she is the key to her brand new world before the wrong person finds the answer first. Hmm, sounds ominous. Now this is a uh, 
interesting one because I didn't know she could act. But, you know, those folks at Paramount, yeah, they seem to have good faith in it. I mean, I think it could also be for her huge following. But Cardi B has just landed her first leading role. Yes, she's going to be starring in a film called Assisted Living. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's being written by Kay Oyegun, who um, also writes for This Is Us. The, um, yeah, and Temple Hill and Stephen Love are producing the film. And so, basically... It's about, um, you know, a small-time crook. That will be Miss B, right? And, um, yeah, she finds herself in a bit of trouble when a heist goes wrong. So, you know what I mean? Everyone's now after her. Her crew, the cops. So, she's on the run. And so, um, she decides to... Go someplace where she thinks no one is going to look for her And that is the nursing home where her estranged grandmother is Hmm I don't know, we'll see how that one goes Right, so, um, yeah Amazon are uh, working with Aaron Sorkin on a new film It's being called Being the Ricardos and it's about Lucille Ball and uh, Desi Arnaz. Right, I'm. Yeah, so. I think it, it's about. I think they were stars on I Love Lucy, right? And, um, yeah, Sorkin, you know, he penned the film. And it, it's basically set during one production week of the show. Um, yeah. And it says where the pair face two different kinds of crises that could end their careers and their marriage. Boom, boom, boom. So, uh, yeah, Todd Black, Jason Blumenthal, and Steve Tisch are producing the film. And, uh, yeah, Nicole Kidman um, is uh, going to be playing Lucille Ball. And Javier Badum is playing Desi Arnaz. Hmm, definitely two very good actors. Um, also with Amazon, they're uh, you know because look, Paramount, because of the pandemic, they uh, they lost a lot of money last year. And a way of recouping that money is letting you know streamers pick up those films. Uh, so Amazon is looking to raid them for uh, Tomorrow War. They, you know, they've offered them two hundred milli, yeah, to pick the film up. But you know what I mean? It, it's got a great cast, right? And it's a good book. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, the, the, the starring in the film is Chris Pratt, Betty Gilpin. Jakey Simmons, Yvonne Strachowski, Sam Richardson, and Mary Lynn Ragscob. 
You know? So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, if you haven't read the book, it's about a man who is drafted into a war taking place in the future and whose past has an important role to play in winning. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Da-dum. All right, so uh, someone else who has picked up a film, and that's Apple, right? So they have just um, committed to financing and producing Kitbag. So this is um, Ridley Scott's Opus to Napoleon Bonaparte, right? So, um, you know, they've got Jacquemus Phoenix. On board to be playing the diminutive French emperor. Um, yeah, uh, I think she, they're looking to go into production early 2022. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one. It's been, f- you know, I mean, Ridley has been looking to, um, yeah, get this made for a while. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It is, uh, you know, good that he's got someone on board to help him with that one. Now, this is uh, interesting. So, um, Judas and the Black Messiah, right, which is a Warner Brothers production, it is now going to be making its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival. Yes. So, um, Shaka King directed the piece um, And it is starring Daniel Kalua, Latif Stanfield Jesse Plemons And Lil Ray Howry Right And um, yeah it's a good one Right so it is about The life and assassination Of Fred Hampton Right now he turned up in um, the trial of the Chicago Six, right? Which was a really good film. And um, yeah, he's the leader of the Black Panther Party people. So uh, yeah, this, ah man, this is going to be an interesting film, right? So um, yeah, so the debut, the, you know, the premiere is on the 1st of February. Then it will hit. Cinemas and HBO Max On Friday the 12th So yeah, definitely dates To mark down in the calendar, people Alright, so um, Yeah, now Noah Bambach Right He's um, made some great films And last year he had Marriage Story Which was great Was that last year? I don't know Actually Well no Yes I I think it came out last year Right I watched it During the 2019 London Film Festival But it's an excellent film Right so he's got a new one coming out Called White Noise Okay so um, This film It's uh you know, about a Hitler Studios studies professor with a loving wife and four children. Both adults are paranoid about death, not helped when an airborne toxic event results in a black noxious cloud over where the professor lives. 
And so um, it's an adaptation of a Don Delilio novel. Right, and um, yeah, it's the first time Banback has actually adapted, you know, someone else's work. He usually writes his own stuff, but it's going to be starring, you know, two regular collaborators, Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. So, um, man, I do love a Banback film, so... I will wait with anticipation for that one. Now, also, um, Wonder Vision hits Disney Plus tomorrow, right? So Kevin Feige has been out talking, doing all the press, and um, yeah, while doing that, he was asked about Deadpool, right? And um, he had this to say. When talking about uh, Deadpool 3, right? It will be rated R and we are working on a script right now. Um, Ryan's overseeing a script right now. It will not be um, filmed this year. Ryan is a very busy, very successful actor. We've got a number of things we've already announced that we now have to make. But it's exciting for it to have begun. Again, a very different type of character in the MCU. And Ryan is a force of nature, which is just awesome to see him bring the character to life. Okay, so um, Lizzie Molyneux-Luglin and Wendy Molyneux. Yes, people, they're sisters. They're going to be writing the script along with... uh, the help of Reynolds so that that's pretty interesting and let's end on this right some more MC new news well you know I think everyone remembers you know the other year Chris Evans said he is stepping away from his role as Captain America hanging up the shield and with the way Endgame ended Right, it looks like okay, yeah. That that you we've seen a a really nice transition. You know what I mean? Anthony Mackie as Falcon. He, he's following the comics and he's gonna become the new Cap. But haha, news people. So it looks like Chris Evans and Marvel have um agreed on a a new situation so it won't be a new Captain America film but Evans has agreed to appear in um, you know other films as Cap right so um, you know it's gonna be like you know how Samuel Jackson cropped up and Robert Downey Jr. cropped up in stuff you know, it's one of those situations, which, um, yeah, I mean, Evans, he, he's Captain America, was pretty damn good, right? So, that, I'm not mad at that, right? And I imagine it will be films set in the past, or flashbacks, you know, that nature, I would imagine. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think it will be. But people... I think I've worn your ears off for way too long. 
we're done right i'm gonna bounce so enjoy your film watching and we will see you next thursday peace